This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, and welcome back to 365 Days with MXM Tune. I'm Maya, a singer, songwriter, video maker, Oakland native, and emergency avoider. I'm also a huge fan of history. I love untold stories, gross facts, hidden secrets, anything weird, dark, and funky from the past. Each day, I'm going to share one of my favorite deep cuts with you. So let's take a look at today's stories. It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff, no, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365. Today, in 1908, SOS was adopted as the Universal Distress Signal. You might have heard that SOS means save our souls or save our ship, but that's not actually true. SOS was originally adopted as a Morse code message. A string of three dots, three dashes, and another three dots. This is the only nine-digit signal in Morse code, which makes it recognizable as an emergency signal. But the dots and dashes translate to the letters SOS, which is why we know that as the signal today. Let's take a look at how this signal came to be and how it's been used in the last century. The radio was invented in the 1890s, and up until 1908, every country had its own individual distress signal. That's not super helpful, like if you're a Portuguese sailor stuck at sea. You could only be saved by someone who happened to know Portugal's distress signal. That doesn't give you great odds for survival, unfortunately. So why Morse code? Ships could pick up other ships' radio outputs, and maritime operators on land could too, but Morse code transcends language. So whether you speak English, Spanish, Portuguese, or Icelandic, you would know what SOS meant. An SOS was used for the first time in 1909. The British cruise line Cunard, which still exists today, was sailing near the Azores Islands off the coast of Portugal. When the ship got into a wreck, they used the SOS signal, and they were saved. But still, creating a universally adopted signal takes a time period to catch on. When the Titanic sank in 1912, more on that in our April 15th episode, the radio operator did use SOS, but he also used the previous distress signal to cover all the bases. As communication technology became more advanced, Morse code was eventually phased out, and now satellites help ships communicate. Morse code is pretty much obsolete now, though some intelligence specialists in the U.S. Navy are still required to learn the system. There's also a group called the International Morse Code Preservation Society, made up of thousands of amateur radio operators who are fascinated by these dots and dashes. As Morse code phased out, a new emergency signal took hold, the word Mayday. This was because a British officer thought it sounded like the French phrase for help me, Mayday, and he had been working with a lot of French aircrafts. In the U.S., aircrafts followed a specific format when making a mayday call. They say mayday three times, then specify the name of the station that they're addressing, the type of aircraft they're flying, the nature of the emergency, the weather, the pilot's intentions and requests, and other useful information. This standard helps people get help quickly and efficiently. But still, SOS became known as a universal distress signal. Though it might not have been intentional, it's useful as a visual signal. 
since it looks like the same both upside down and right side up. As recently as 2020, three men from a small town in Micronesia were traveling between islands on the archipelago when they drifted off course and ran out of fuel. They sought shelter on a tiny uninhabited island and drew SOS in the sand on the off chance that a passing plane might see them. The men had been reported missing, so people knew to look out for them. Then, the U.S. Coast Guard, stationed in Guam, along with the Australian military, staged a search. One American aircraft was just finishing up its patrol when the pilot noticed the SOS in the sand. They reported this to the other people in the search party, and soon, an Australian helicopter was able to deliver food and water while they waited for another Micronesian vessel to come pick them up and bring them home. The TV show Lost might be fiction, but it turns out that writing an SOS in the sand is actually a pretty good idea. It worked for those Micronesian men, after all. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, let's talk about music. On this day in 1979, the Sony Walkman debuted in Japan, making music portable. The idea came from Sony co-founder, Masaru Ibuka, who often traveled for business. He wanted an easy, portable way to listen to his favorite songs, and lugging around a bulky cassette player just wasn't going to cut it. So the company introduced the Walkman, which weighed just under a pound at about 14 ounces. For comparison, an iPod Nano only weighs 1.5 ounces, when Sony released their new device in Japan, they anticipated that it would sell 5,000 units in a month. But after two months, they broke over 50,000 sales. What made the Walkman unique was that it had a headphone jack, but not an external speaker. It was designed for individual listening. Since it took AA batteries, you could also easily use it without a power cord. Sony still makes products that are branded with the Walkman name, but they're digital media players just like an iPod. Not something that plays cassettes like the original. Today, Sony has sold over 400 million Walkmans, and half of those were cassette players. And now for today's final segment, I'll be going into my own photo archives to see what I was up to on a July 1st in my life. Welcome to July, everybody. Hope you're having a great time. I would like to officially declare this month Maya month because my birthday is on the 9th, but we'll get to that. That'll be my fun fact for that day. Hold your horses. I'm getting ahead of myself. Ah, I see. Okay. July 1st, 2019, I did something a little special. I recorded the music video for Seasonal Depression, which has, you know, I think some of my best rhyming. Not often people would be brave enough to rhyme the words sun and fun together, but I think I really stepped outside of my comfort zone and, and made something that's very notable. Um, but the music video was a lot of fun to shoot. I think that I it was like my third ever music video that I made. Um, I also announced that I was doing acoustic shows in New York City and London later that year, which would end up having London being my last show that I ever played before a pandemic, which is, you know, really great. But, um, yeah, I was really excited. I worked with a really wonderful crew of people who made my vision of what seasonal depression music video looks like in my head come to a reality. And it was really fun. We like shot it in a tiny little house in LA and everybody was really nice. And I remember eating breakfast tacos for lunch. It was a good time. Thanks for going back in time with me and remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can come back tomorrow for more stories from the past.
It's 365 with MXM Tune. New facts every day, so don't leave too soon. I'm gonna teach you stuff, no, it won't be tough. Gonna go a year till you've had enough. It's 365.